What up, everybody? Welcome to a new installment of the Stew Pod, the Big League Stew Podcast that we do every week now on Yahoo Sports. I am Mike Oz. And I am Chris Swick. Chris, how you doing, man? Oh, you know, things are going well, as usual. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing okay. You talked to Mariano Rivera this week on the phone, which means that I am the second most important phone call of your week, huh? That's right. <laughs> you, you are definitely number two. But <laughs> Hear, you, that? Uh, Hear that, you Mariano? You didn't yeah. wake me up, so you're moving up in the world. You're, you're, All right. you're like one and a half. Yeah, Mariano Rivera, I'll, I'll spill the beans on that. I called Chris at like five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you're, when you're retired, you just get up early and just start doing stuff, you know, super early in the morning. And probably woke up at four and had breakfast at like 4.30 and then called you at five. Yeah, it's like your grandma who always got up at 6 a.m. and you never understood as a child why that was the case. To do phoners, man. To do phoners. <laughs> Yeah, Grandma was busy. Chris, what, what's going on on the Big League Stew podcast this week? Tell the people. All right, so we got kind of a nice theme going this week. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of young players, and we're going to do a little bit of a debate to start off between two youngsters. Uh, we're going to look at Joey Gallo's debut a little bit. We're going to talk about all of the young stars and uh, you know, talk, talk about the, just the young talent in the game in general. And that's going to transition nicely into the MLB draft, which is next week. So those are kind of the things we have on the docket. You may not have known it was next week because does anybody care? Ooh, teaser. Ooh, well, we'll talk about it. But before we get to that, uh, let's, let's start off with our first segment here. Man, you did not talk about the most important segment. Oh, man, the, I totally Chris, screwed that up. On. So the feature we, segment. <laughs> we, have a, we have a roundtable this week about um, which players would be in the Video Game Baseball Hall of Fame. And a lot of people talk about baseball video games and which ones are the best. But we're specifically talking about players um, limited mostly to 8-bit, 16-bit world back before you could edit your players and, and plus up their attributes and all that kind of stuff. So we have a couple of guests in for that, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned, especially if you're a video game person, because that's uh, going to be a very nice conversation. So now, Chris, I will uninterrupt you, and you can tell me what you were going to say. Right. So allow me to recover here. Uh, Let's do our first segment, and that is Jack Peterson. we got to talk about him because yesterday he destroyed two baseballs. He hit the, I believe it was the fifth furthest and the tenth furthest home runs of the season uh, during the same day. So obviously he's off to a great start. On the other side, you have Chris Bryant in the National League. He was the big name before the season, and he's performed pretty well, but he hasn't been up to Peterson's standards yet. So, if you had to choose a National League Rookie of the Year right now, which one of the two is it going to be? I, I think it's Jock Peterson. Um, and, and again, this is picking the Rookie of the Year, not which guy do you want for the long term, because um, that obviously could be a different thing, but... I think Jock has come in there and immediately, you know, fit right in with the Dodgers. Uh, they're a very good team. They're, um, you know, performing well. All indications are they're going to make the postseason. He's going to be a big part of that. You know, they've lost uh, a couple of their outfielders and haven't really felt a hit because he's been so solid. I mean, his batting average is, a, you know, leaves a little. Uh, he's only hitting 260, but he's hit 16 homers. You know, he's doing well, uh, takes a lot of walks, which is nice for somebody his age. And I think he's contributed 
a whole lot. Not to say Chris Bryant hasn't, but if we're talking about Rookie of the Year at this point right now, Jock Peterson. I agree. Right now it's Jock Peterson. However, I really want to take Chris Bryant over the long haul here. When when we hit October and the voting is done, I want to take Chris Bryant, but it's getting it's getting hard because obviously both guys have tremendous power, and like you said, both guys take a lot of walks, and both guys strike out at kind of the same rate, and so Peterson has already kind of banked all these numbers, and it's it's just making it hard to to pick Bryant, even if he goes on this nice run in like June or July or something, and. Uh, and matches Peterson in the power numbers, you kind of still expect similar slash lines and, I don't know, everything that Peterson's banked already. It's really tough. Uh, I I guess I have to take Peterson. I don't know. And and a lot of this maybe is just right now he's been killing it. I mean, he's hit a home run in, like, every game this week. So, you know, he's definitely, like, a hot right now kind of a guy. But, you know, Chris... Chris Bryant was hot for a little bit last week. He's has a higher batting average. You know he's playing well too. So it's it's not one of those situations where um, we're putting him down or either one's a bad choice. But I I think it's it's Jock Peterson. Another guy who I I think um, is probably maybe not going to get Rookie of the Year consideration. Although after the first game maybe Joey Gallo uh, had a had a really strong game. You know in his debut hit a home run which. Uh, I think we all were, you know, hoping that he he could hit a home run because that's sort of his his trademark, and not do the Chris Bryant thing where he made his wait for like three weeks, and beyond that, you know, had a strong day at the plate, had three hits, uh, four RBIs, an exciting player I think for a team that the Texas Rangers, you know, have lost a lot of players to injury the last couple of years, haven't really been productive at the pace that their fans had hoped. Uh, you you heard and read about his first game where you know the fans were just sitting there waiting for each of his at bats and I think in his final at bat that's when they all took off and it was a like 15 to two game so there was no reason for them to be there except for you know to watch Joey Gallo which you know from a from a price of admission standpoint is very good you want a player that people are going to come and watch his every at bat but the question is is he going to be a legit major league player or is he going to be a you know, guy who hits 200 and, and hits a lot of home runs? Oh, so, such an unfair question because the, the, the level between his ceiling and his floor is ginormous. And, th- and that's exactly why. I mean, this guy strikes out a ridiculous amount. I think 33% in double A this season. That's not typically something that gets better as you get promoted to the majors. So I was kind of looking at this, this stint uh, one of they, they could go one of two ways. Basically, he would either mash over 15 days and kind of force the Rangers' hand to either make the decision to keep him up or send him back down, or he would be exposed by major league pitching, and that would kind of give him something to learn back in the minors. I have, I just have no idea. I mean, I could see him settling in. I, I guess here's the good thing: <laughs> the guy's floor is a Mark Reynolds type, and Mark Reynolds for a while had some value. The guy's ceiling is MVP candidate. So if he can, if he can lessen those whiffs, that's the upside. But even if he doesn't, he could still hit 40 home runs a year with a 230 batting average, and that still has plenty of value. So what happens, do you think, if you know, he does force their hand, he's doing so well they can't send him down? Do they trade Adrian Beltre, you think? 
I don't, I don't think so. Not yet, at least. Uh, they'll probably move Gallo to the outfield. I think he's played uh, some outfield in the minors. And, uh, you know, the Rangers have played fairly well. They're, they're kind of in the hunt still, so it doesn't make sense for them to deal Beltre despite his age. Um, and, and the fact that Gallo could be the future at third. I think you just move him to the outfield temporarily. You said they play. I was waiting to see if you were going to say contenders, and you said, you know, they're not out of it. We talked about them before, the Rangers. Who knows? But uh, I, I'm excited about Joey Gallo. I think that he, he could be one of those players, again, that people come and, and want to watch and want to pay attention to, which I think is a, is, a, is a bigger thing going on in the game right now. There's a lot of young players that are worth the price of admission. Yeah, that's a tremendous segue. We, we already talked about Jack Peterson, Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo now do, playing in his first game. Uh, we haven't even mentioned Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. And Bryce Harper's and, younger than all these guys still, right? Uh, I, I think he is. You know, Gallo, is Gallo 21? Gallo might be younger. I don't oh, know. Okay. All right, all right. But we know they're on the same Little League team. So They, they were on the same Little League team. In, in fact, Gallo is younger, I'm pretty sure. All right. But th- that doesn't take away anything from Bryce Harper, who's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, you just look at kind of the young stars in the game. We just named five of them. I'm sure there's more. We haven't named any pitchers yet. Uh, and I was just kind of thinking about this yesterday and I was wondering when's the last time we've seen such an influx of of young talent because I'm kind of thinking like over the last couple years Derek Jeter has been the face of baseball obviously he's retired now we don't really have one and it just seems like there are so many young stars to choose from that Major League Baseball could market including all of these guys yeah I think part of that too is that you know they all kind of came up in a in a time where, you know, there's a certain markability to, you know, who they are and, and what they're doing and, and themselves as players, whereas that's probably something that wasn't happening in the past. You know, you weren't necessarily a, a brand or, you know, all that kind of stuff like you were. But I guess I look back at it and I tried to I tried to think of, like, what was the time I can remember this many good young players? And I think a lot of it depends on perspective. Like, to me, it's, I think, of, okay, it's the the mid the mid 80s you know but a lot of that is like I was young and that's when I first got into baseball so to me everybody seemed like they were you know good young players um maybe maybe also like the later the later 80s like the Ken Griffey Jr. era um you know it seemed like there was a lot of good youngsters then but I don't feel like it's out of place to say that we're in a kind of a a spot of um it's just prosperous with, with young talent. Yeah, I don't know if this is weird to say or not, but it feels like these are kind of the players of maybe my generation, um, which is probably not true. But I'm just trying to think of like the players I grew up watching, like Frank Thomas, or you could probably throw like Barry Bonds in there or something. I, I feel like I was too young to appreciate their first couple seasons. And so... I don't know. I mean, I'm not. It's it's not like I'm growing up with these players, but this is this feels like the first batch of guys where I've seen them not not only you know make their debuts and I'm going to see the rest of their careers, but I, we're just so hyper aware of all these guys that I I've kind of known about these players since they were in high school almost. It's it's kind of amazing. Now I'm I'm going to see that entire growth, and it just I don't know. It feels significant. To me, I I guess I would have to say, thinking about it more, I think you know you bring up Frank Thomas. I think it is sort of that 
maybe 89 to 89 to 91 type thing. I mean, you get you get Griffey in there, you get Frank Thomas. Um, when did would well, Bonds debuted in what 87? Mm, sounds about right. Yeah, so I guess just sort of that window. I mean, you know, that, that's a little wide, I guess. Then, but Trout's been around for a few years now, so maybe that late '80s, early '90s. I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of a lot of guys at that point. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think we haven't seen such a high concentration in a while. It's exciting, man. I'm excited for it. Which brings me to another question: um, with, the, with the MLB draft happening next week. Will the draft ever be cool? I look at the MLB draft and I think that it's, you know, this thing that you can really, really be into if you're, you know, super fan. But if not, I think what matters to you is the the debuts. It's when Chris Bryant debuts. It's when Joey Gallo debuts. To me, those are the more important moments in baseball. And the MLB draft is sort of this, you know, seed planting moment. That happens years before, and I think everyone's okay with that, and they understand that. But Chris, do you think the draft is ever going to have you know the excitement, the coolness, the hip factor that I'm sure baseball is hoping it can have? Probably not, and I think it's because most sports fans tend to focus on the "what have you done for me lately" kind of. Or what can you do for me aspect. tomorrow? Right, exactly, and with the baseball draft. You don't get that. You have guys who are going to be in the minors for probably three years unless they're a phenomenal talent like a Bryce Harper or like a Carlos Rodon who can make an impact immediately. But that that's fairly rare to see uh, that type of talent in in the MLB draft. I mean, I I feel like I have more of an interest in it than most fans because I'm just I'm a nerd and I'm into that and I watch um, at least the first maybe ten picks which is probably more than I feel like most fans are doing. But it'll, it's never going to be a spectacle like the NFL draft. Or how much, it, how much it won't time, come close. How much time, honestly, do you think you would commit to watching the MLB draft? I guess part of it would depend on where... Well, it depends on a lot of things, I guess. We were talking a little bit beforehand uh, about the, the talent in this year's draft and how there's not really a clear you know, top player. I feel like last year I had more of an interest because I knew about maybe the top three players. There was kind of a clear elite tier of guys. And so that kind of drew me in a little more. This year, um, I'm a little less knowledgeable because there's not this clear elite tier of, of, of players at the top. And it also depends on where my team picks. Um, you know, the team I root for being the White Sox. Um, you know, if, if if they have a chance at getting one of those guys like they did last year with Rodon, I'm I'm a little more intrigued about the whole process. Which is kind of interesting, though, because it flies in the face of what we traditionally think with, with drafts, whereas, you know, if you have four guys who could go number one in the NFL and there's no clear-cut thing, I mean, that would be a huge topic for two weeks on Sports Talk Radio that everybody would be debating. And in the MLB draft, is like, yeah, whatever. Well, I think it's, it's but I think also, that tells you all you need to know about the MLB thing. draft. Yeah, I I want to defend it more, but I I can't. It's it's just I mean people want the immediate impact. They're able to do that with the NFL. You have these, you know, we already having these debates about Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and I don't know. Eight months from now, you're going to have somewhat of an answer on that. Yeah. 
if you and I sit here next week and debate whoever goes one and two in the MLB draft, it's going to take four or five years for us to, to actually get an answer as to who is right. I think the one thing I look at and see is you know, they moved the draft to Monday this year. And outside of when 24 was killing it, whatever, whatever good happens on a Monday. Jack Bauer, and that's it, man. There's nothing else. <laughs> nothing, nothing else good happens on a Monday. I guess wrestling people could could tell me raw, but for the most part, like, if you, if you have something on a Monday, it's you know not the not not the best audience. So the MLB draft is what it is, and not to say it's horrible. It's just it's just something different. It's its own. It's its own animal, and you know we're gonna we're gonna like when some guy with a funky name gets drafted, or, or you know somebody's son who we know from being a star in the league and. You know, I think more and more we're seeing some college players who may have an immediate impact, like you mentioned, Carlos Rodon. But um, you know, it's baseball is such a long, a long game and a long investment in these young players that the draft is just kind of ho hum. Sorry, it is what it is. So I, I mentioned at the top of the show how excited I am about this week's feature segment, and uh, I hope you guys all are as well. We are talking about the best baseball game or best video game baseball players, essentially the people you would put in the video game baseball hall of fame. Uh, I have two friends joining us, cardboard icons and bad news ramen. And I will, um, admit this. We, they're, they're two buddies of mine. We had this debate not that long ago, or we started it at least. Uh, we were hanging out. It was before, I think a, a fantasy baseball draft or something, uh, we were at a bar, and we just started talking about this, and I'm like, man, that's a great podcast topic. So I want you guys to come on and talk about it, and we got the podcast going, and, and, and here they are. So I'm happy that we could we could make this happen. We are talking specifically about, you know, mostly about old-school baseball players. Nowadays, you know, it's the best baseball players in the game or the best baseball players in real life because, you know, everything's so real. But there was an era, Chris, as, as you know. You're a little bit younger than me, so um, it probably wasn't exactly the same for you. But there was an era when... There was fake baseball players, you know, and they had they had fake names. They weren't, you know, they didn't have the, the real people. They didn't have real stats. But you learned to love them much like you would love, you know, a Giancarlo Stanton or a, or a Bryce Harper. And I think that's a good setup into our uh, discussion here about the Baseball Video Game Hall of Fame. <laughs> It's the Stew Pod, and we are talking classic baseball video games, and specifically classic baseball video game characters. Uh, Chris is with us, and uh, two of my friends from the baseball blogosphere, Twitterverse, podcast land, uh, Bad News Ramen, and Cardboard Icons. Gentlemen, I'm not going to give us any sort of um, phony buildup here. I'm going to say, if we're talking about baseball players that need to be in the, the virtual Hall of Fame, my number one pick is Paste from Bases Loaded. Dude hit 60 homers, had a 467 batting average. If you have beef with that, come at me. Well, I think it was 67 homers. Um, this is a bad news, Ramen, since you didn't give me the proper introduction that I need. Um, I'm surprised that Swick is still around, seeing how I pretty much destroyed him in fantasy baseball 13 wow. to nothing. So. Oh. All right, where are you going with the low blows? <laughs> if you know anything about me i'm all about the low blows um i I think like paste had like 67 home runs i think he had like a 367 average um and i'm pretty uh you kind of know where i'm coming from if i know those guys that guy's stat line for line uh it's pretty typical of my boy mike to uh 
go with the big name, but without the uh, without the execution or the actual gameplay itself. Whoa! Pace Pace was a uh, Pace is probably the most overrated baseball player of all time. Uh, you, 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 you slap you slap you slap a couple uh, slap a couple YouTube clips of him hitting a home run that you know your you know five year old sister could hit you know with her eyes closed. Uh, you can get lucky every now and then. The best baseball player, video game wise, this is first gen and second gen where you can't uh, adjust a guy's stats or make him better through playing through a year or having spring training or whatever. But the best guy, uh, same game. Uh, this kind of goes out to uh, cardboard icons uh, over more of his area. It was he was on Boston, and he wasn't even the best hitter on his team stat wise. Uh, this goes to Norcus. Uh, he hit 35 home runs. <laughs> he had a 300 average. And uh, he was hitting in front of a guy named Frida, who I think had like 40-some-odd home runs. Norcus, every single time that this guy got up to plate, I think over the course of playing bases loaded for probably about two years, I think I hit like probably, I had a 919 batting average with this guy. He always got a hit if, you know, it was either a home run or a or a off-the-wall double. So that's my number one pick for best baseball player of all time. Paced forever. Paced. <laughs> I, yes. I, I do want to clarify what uh, what Bad News Robin said. We are specifically talking about kind of old school games. Um, I'm not going to preclude anybody, for, you know, if they want to make a strong case for somebody outside of 8-bit and 16-bit, but essentially not guys you can improve, as he said. So just that clarification for anybody who wants to tell me how great, you know, Bryce Harper is and, and MLB 15 the show. That's not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> just 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 because I know that people will complain. But... Uh, I'll, I'll, we've, anybody else have anybody you want to talk about in bases loaded? Because I feel like bases loaded is like the pinnacle of fake baseball players. I have like a whole roster of bases loaded, man. I, I did my homework. <laughs> but, but I'll let the other people, uh, I'll let, I'll let some other people, uh, come up as well. Cause we talk about bases loaded, but there was also super bases loaded for, uh, the super Nintendo. And there's a couple of guys on there as well that I remember. This fool is like Johnny five of bases loaded right now. He's just reciting <laughs> off the, uh, hey. Hey, don't don't. Hey, I, I think I played like 95 games of bases loaded. I didn't complete the whole season. Uh, I will put in one more guy as my work email goes off, so I apologize for that. But um, the best pitcher in the game was on the same team, and he wasn't a star either. His name was Guido, and basically what made this guy so good was that people remember Guido. But what made this guy so good was that you would you would in the interface of pitching is that. You could, you know, you would press down on the on your control your control pad, and it it go low. But then you could change the ball as it was being thrown. And what Guido had was he you <laughs> could throw you could throw. And I think cardboard icons we've talked about this, which is sad unto itself. But you could throw down low with Guido, and then slowly move to the left, and it looked like a ball, <laughs> but it was a strike every single time. That was the best pitcher ever in any type of baseball because you throw it, and and the guy you were playing against, whether it's a computer or a person. They couldn't hit the ball because it was a ball, but it always come up as a strike. So there's a nice little glitch there. That was the best baseball pitcher ever as well. So essentially you're condoning cheating. That's uh, like the I, pine tar, the pine hey, tar sunscreen of, of It's not it's not a it's not cheating if you can get away with it, man. Well I, I can take us outside of bases loaded if that's if that's fine with everybody. You guys seem pretty passionate about do, this. Do what you need to do, Chris. Bring well, it. Well, I, I have an even better pitcher. Uh, not even a person. We're talking Super Baseball 2020, so prepare yourself. Five years, five years from now, this is going to happen. John, the robot pitcher on the Metal Slashers, ERA of 0.11 over a full season. You're not going to get any better than that. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how many runs he gave up. Probably like one over 500 innings. I'm not good with numbers, so I just made that up. But 
There you go. You're not gonna, you're not going to beat that. And he's a robot. I've never even played that game, Chris. So I think you're well. Yeah, I, I, from now, I generally stay away from those games. Was that the one that was like it was? Was it a Nintendo game or a Super Nintendo game where it was a bunch of robots playing? It was like kind of like the fad, like in the. No, I think lit- you're talking about Base Wars. Base well, there, Wars, okay. yeah, no, there were there were two because like Base Wars also had robots and you fought. Yeah, that was, was the big thing okay. in there. You could fight. <laughs> but Super Baseball also had robots and you could not fight. What system was that for? I think it was. I think it was Nintendo. That was Sega. I, I don't really know. Yeah, 2020 was for uh, Sega Genesis, and I generally stayed away from all those robot games. And I was more of a realist fan. So, you know, you guys have your guys from Bases Loaded and Baseball 2020 with my guy, and this is going to sound kind of corny now, but it's going to be Jeff Bagwell from World Series Baseball. And this is before 95, so this is a 94 version. And, uh, yeah, he just had power for days. And the thing about that game was they had the home run derby, so they would count the feet. And Bagwell is always sitting on 550, 550, 550 every single time. I, I, like, so, I like you had an under-the-radar pick. I mean, I know if you go back to, like, RBI baseball, you know, Ricky Henderson's really good. Reggie Jackson's Jose really Seiko good. Is really yeah, good. I mean, all the players are supposed to be good. So one that, that, was, that was the game that had the, the South Park guys, right, playing baseball. Was that the, is that the same game or is that a step above? Because I, I still remember the first baseball game was was RBI baseball and Nintendo, and that had like that had like the major league licensing, the players association yes. licensing. Yeah. But it, it looked yep. like Car- it looked like Cartman up to bat. No, no, no. Know? That was. Yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> no, you're talking about are you talking about major league baseball, the one that's just called major league baseball? Because that that's no, where he... that's where I'm going right now. So that game, I liked that uh-huh. game because um, it was the same time as RBI baseball. So the difference was RBI baseball had real player names, but it didn't have the team names. And Major League Baseball had the team names, but it didn't have the player names. Basically, the one had the, the deal with the Players Association, and one had to deal with the league. So they that's how they were split up. But for yep. so, so one of the things I liked about Major League Baseball, of course, back then in, in 1988, I played with the A's because you know that was the right time for the A's. I was growing up in the Bay Area, and I was all about the A's. But what, what stood out to me about that game was that you know while the guys that are supposed to be good were supposed to be good, Dave Henderson was the man in that game. <laughs> so I, I, I think I, I liked Dave Henderson even more. And I liked him as a player, but I liked him even more because he was so good in that Major League Baseball game as opposed to all the other you know great guys on the A's. So I would nominate him for the Video Game Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm going to go down that same route because that game, I, I also have a guy on, the, on my list from that same game, and I love that game. And it's kind of funny because that game didn't have any names. It just had jersey numbers. So my guy is number 34 for the Twins. Who was who is, who is that? Herbie Puckett was unstoppable. Yeah, I know, he, he was double machine, home run, doubles machine. He was fast in the outfield, too. I almost said that today because I was thinking about how good he was in that game, but I'm like, man, I played almost all the time with A's. I hit six home runs in one game with Dave with Dave Henderson. That's the thing that like stands out to me about that game. So I always ride with, with Hindu on that one. I, I'd make a case that Hindu – even in real life, was probably the the best player on that team. Everybody forgets about that guy, but Hendu. I mean, you, you talk to any ace fan, and you know if you bring up Conseco or you bring up Maguire, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay." But the second you bring up Hendu, people are jumping off the roof and going crazy for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say if if we're going to nominate real players, you have to do Ken Griffey Jr. from Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. Hey man, that was mine. That, he I was, was, I was gonna say that. so overpowered that guy. He was he was so good. I mean, and you have to be that good when it's when it's your game, right? I mean, you have to be. But he was even good considering that. So that's and my that, spiel, Chris. Go ahead, say what well, you want to say. Well, but he I, was. Uh, I just had to say that I was going to say that too. That was also an issue with the licensing, right? Because he was the only named player in that game. Everyone else was kind of made up. 
So, like, Ken Griffey Jr. had to be the greatest player in the game because he was the only real-life player. But I knew, I knew who they all were. So I knew well, that, right, you know, right. in that lineup, I'm like, all right. Because that, that Mariners team was great, man. They had – Jay Buhner was also really, really good in that game. I remember I tried to play an entire season because this is back when, you, you know, you couldn't save it. So you just had to hope that you had your season going and you didn't, you didn't accidentally hit the Super Nintendo wrong one day and just erase everything, which happened to me at least six times. Um, one summer I was like, I'm going to play the whole season out. I want to see how many homers I can hit with Griffey. And I think, you know, I'd get up to like 40 or so by, you know, July or August and I'd be feeling good and I'd wipe the whole thing out by, you know, hitting it wrong. So, but, but definitely Griffey was, was one of my dudes. Yeah. I never really got around to that Griffey game. I thought it was, I mean, cause I, I don't know, everybody loved Griffey and I didn't like Griffey that much. I believe in a kid in the nineties didn't like Griffey, but that guy just bothered me the wrong way. And then I looked at the game and I was like, ah, nah, that's all right. So then I went back to uh, I went back to Super Bases Loaded, and, and I'll, I'll do a nice little professional segue that I'm known for. Uh, but that was on the Super Nintendo, and there was two guys on that team. So you, you got to imagine me uh, opening up Super Bases Loaded, going to Boston, and there's no Norcus. I mean, I was crushed. I couldn't. I mean, I didn't know. What to, I didn't know. What to, I did not know. He got busted for PEDs, kicked out of the league. Yeah, he got kicked out of the league. Yeah, and, and, and uh. He was probably known as uh, super strong man and uh, for for the Ken Griffey baseball or something. Um, but so I had to find a new team and I was playing. I used to play with my best friend all the time. And this is when we were in college and uh, you know we, we we had some helpers in college every now and then. I'm not going to say what we did, but um, but he, he had he had this one uh, he had this one team and his, the guy's name was uh, Mojica. And this guy probably hit like 42 home runs and uh, was just whenever I'd pitch against this guy, he would take me out of the park. So, you know, this was like during the Chris Berman days. So, you know, Last of the Mohicans was a really big movie. So we used to say like Last of the Mohica. <laughs> and then uh, but the player that I liked is it was this guy he didn't have great numbers. I think he probably hit like 238, had like 12 home runs, maybe 45 RBIs. But his name was Fens. And the guy was just a slap punch and Judy hitter. And he'd always get you a base hit that would give you like the winning RBI. And the best thing about this guy was because um, Mike would probably know this, but what, who, who did that song, What About Your Friends? TLC. Like, TLC, yeah. So whenever we get like this like little <laughs> single, you know, I'd bust out the song. I'd be like, what about your fans? Are they going to be around? we do like the whole song, you know, while this guy was on base. So fans just for the, just for the popularity of, of that song. And, and me actually singing it, doing my singing voice on my public persona uh, through the po- podcast of fear, uh, that guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame right there. So the name was Fens. I think Bad News Rama deserves to be in the Bases Loaded Fanboy Hall of Fame. Uh, well, that's not, even my, that's not even my favorite baseball game. So <laughs> we, we have parameters on this. Don't, don't get me started about baseball stars. I do have some guys from baseball stars, too. Uh, yeah. Actual The game's called baseball stars. People too. love baseball stars, man. So I say yeah. go with it. Yeah. Bust well, so, yeah. baseball stars. So this isn't – so baseball stars, uh, the one for Nintendo had – you know, it had some Japanese teams. that had like – you know, some would be named after Godzilla – but um, the real greatness of that game was you could create your own players. And uh, I'm not going to talk about this game too much, but uh, technically it was the best baseball game around. Um, and I used to, we, I used to, I'd have about three or four teams, and they'd all be named after uh, you know um, Golden Age uh, uh, rappers from the East Coast and the West Coast. So I'd have like you know MCs and DJs as my as my uh, as my teams and stuff. But um, I hope one was Guru. Oh, Guru was my best player, so, <laughs> so I was gonna—I would put him in my Hall of Fame, but but nobody would understand why. Um, but there was a baseball uh, two stars, uh, baseball stars two, made by SNK that I actually started playing in a couple years ago when uh, the Virtual Console uh, became a reality for the Wii because 
uh, when you're old and old like me, you can't spend a lot of money on video games, so you kind of have to find some good games while you buy video game consoles for your kids. But Baseball Stars 2 was, was an older game, uh, and there's two players on there. One guy uh, for hitter, his name was Alien, and he was just this big dude that could hit a ton of home runs. And I, I did my but the guy, the guy, you know, crazy gaudy numbers, you know, probably like a 368, 385 hitter, hit like, you know, 54 home runs or 45 home runs. Uh, and then the pitcher was named uh, Hayabusa. And me being a Japanese guy, I need, a, I need a Japanese player in there. So Hayabusa was a pitcher, could go about seven or eight innings, which was really important in that in that uh, type of game because it's the same thing as Mike as you had when you had that summer where you were trying to beat a whole season. Uh, you'd have to beat a season all in one shot and you'd have to do like five or four game series for each one. So having a pitcher that could go eight or nine innings uh, and he would have dominant stuff in the beginning. And then if you're a really good pitcher, uh, if you knew how to do the pitching system really well, you could still pitch this guy on like 40% or 30% stamina and you could still get the job done. So those two guys uh, get in my hall of fame as well. Chris, you told me today you were going to send this thing off the rails. Was that your, was that your robot guys or what what else do you got? Well, I was just, I was going to take it beyond eight and 16 bit because I'm a rebel like that. So Feel like we have to mention John Dowd from MVP05, which oh, is the, the, yeah. the greatest Barry, Barry baseball game of all time. Barry. Yeah, Barry it's, it's Barry Bonds, the fake player that they made in his, uh, in his place. He was awesome. And then uh, I, no one's going to bring this one up, but uh, I would like to nominate Donkey Kong from Mario Superstar Baseball, which <laughs> yeah. uh, is an underrated game. And the thing about Donkey Kong that makes him so dominant He's the only player that doesn't need a bat. He just punches the ball so hard uh, that he hits home runs. So I'm, I'm putting him in. I don't care what you guys say. He's going in. I think it's good that Donkey Kong gets a chance to be a, to be a, to be a good guy, though. You know, he's always a bad guy. So good for him. Well, I was going to say Yoshi, but I think Donkey Kong the uh... I think Donkey Kong deserves to be in there instead of Yoshi. So that, that, was, yeah. that was a good, that's a good yeah. pull there, Chris. Yoshi's was my second pick, man. He's the ideal leadoff, man. I knew I liked this guy, see? Let's <laughs> agree to everything I say, and we'll, we'll get along fine. <laughs> I, I have no idea I have no idea when it came out. It was actually a computer game, not a not a video, not a like console game, but um, I, I think that Pablo Sanchez from Backyard oh, yeah. Baseball he's he's one of those guys that I think a lot of people, especially maybe younger than us, will recognize as being a uh, you know, stud of, of video games. I think he's also like six years old, so um, you know, he's obviously <laughs> on something. Um, some some insane human growth hormone or something, but he's he's a guy that I think deserves some some attention in the uh, video game baseball hall of fame. If you go look him up on YouTube, there are people that do you know crazy narrated <laughs> videos about Pablo Sanchez and how great he was. Probably better than Pablo Sandoval these days. Oh well, yeah, well yeah, that, that's a that's a hanging curveball thrown out to Ben right there. <laughs> ben, do you, do you have someone else or what? Yeah, again, I I stuck to the real the real baseball games with the real players. My guy is going to be Randy Johnson from uh, World Series '95. And Randy Johnson was a strikeout guy in real life, but in this game, it, it was the same thing with every batter: inside one, low and outside two, high and outside three. It was twenty-seven strikeouts every game. He was sending me he was sending me videos today of this game, so <laughs> I know he's not lying. Like he's just texting me and, and telling me to go check his Facebook page for for all this stuff. So Ben uh, or cardboard icons, it's a great excuse game. me. Sorry to bust out your secret identity. Uh, he, oh, yeah. he's, all, he's all about that game. Yeah. Oh, I, I would I would add one more, uh, just kind of a wide wide berth here. Any uh, knuckleball pitcher 
in a, in a game yeah. should probably go in because it was it was just hell to play against them. If like your buddy picked Tim Wakefield, and then your <laughs> yep. your timing was just screwed up the whole game. Yeah, Th- those are like, for anyone that was on regular baseball or RBI baseball for NES. Throw so fastball, fastball, then push the up button. You know, kind of throw that sinker that just goes right in the dirt. Gentlemen, I'm going to make the last call here on um, nominations for the Virtual Baseball Hall of Fame. People can, of course, uh, tweet at us and, and tell us that, that we're wrong or leave comments or, or add any additional people if they like. In a nice way, that would, that would be actually uh, wonderful. But uh, last call, who do you got? I, I, bad news, Raman, I'm sure you got somebody else on your list. Yeah, I, I saved this one for last. This was uh, this was before all of your times. You guys are – I don't even know if Swick was alive back then. But Probably I not. I know that Ben and, uh, I mean, Cardboard Icons and uh, Mike were probably in diapers. Uh, it was the uh, number seven hitter on the pink team for Intellivision Baseball. That guy, <laughs> that guy could get, I mean, when, when you were down, like, when you were down, like, 16 to 13 and you needed a rally, and it would always be, uh, and I don't know if people know about this game, but it was one of the, it was probably the first video game that had actual talking in it, where the guy, the the umpire, what he was famous for is he would just go, you're out, and you go, you're out. So I would just, I would just play that game for that. <laughs> but this guy, he would start like four, four, you know, four inning rallies. Like I remember my, my uncle, uh, rest in peace, he, he would play it with me, and uh, he'd, be, he'd be beating me like, you know, 10, 10 to 7 or something like that. And then the number seven hitter would come up, start, start a, a little slap, slapping up happy uh, rally. I could steal with him, you know, and, and get, get my, uh, my uncle to start sweating over uh, probably like a two-bit video game. Not not a two bit like in bad, but actual like two bits of, of memory, and uh, and he was started rallying. I'd win like eleven to ten. So number seven, uh, pink uh, baseball player for television. That guy was the man. <laughs> I think I think that's a good spot where we can wind this down. Um, everybody knows Chris and I, of course, hopefully. But uh, uh, I want the rest of you guys to be able to plug who you are, what you do, your other ventures. I know uh, you know Bad News Ramen has a podcast. Uh, cardboard icons does a number of baseball related things. So guys, go ahead and just tell the people where they can find you elsewhere. Well, Ben should probably go first cause he can't follow me. So Ben, Ben, you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's probably right. Well, um, I run blog cardboard It's kind of an intermittent thing I do on my side job. But, um, one of the things I like, like one of the things I do do is I'm a big sports car collector and I do write a column for Beckett. Um, it's in there every month, Beckett baseball. Uh, if you have any, Baseball card related questions, whatnot, just send them my way. I'll make sure to get an answer for it. And I'm I'm a bad news ramen. I can vouch for uh, for cardboard icons. Uh, my best friend, his dad had a crazy monster baseball collection, and uh, cardboard icons was able to to pretty much put a put a number total on it, which was nuts in itself. Um, I started both cardboard icons and 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 Mike Oz, even though they, they don't like to admit it. But uh, I, I've I've kind of been you know. I was Mike's probably. Well, I was your first editor, right? Like first real editor, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was his first real editor. Uh, we when we when blogs started to kind of become a thing, I grabbed both these guys and we start we started this little fancy baseball blog that never took off. But uh, but it did take off cardboard icons. So I'm going to pat myself on the back as well. Uh, that guy does do mm-hmm. great work for his stuff. Uh, I do a wrestling podcast, a pro wrestling podcast. Um, mostly talk about WWE and New Japan, and the uh, podcast is uh, called Muda Scale. And you can find us on iTunes, of course, and the website is mutascale.podbean.com. Uh, there's a .podbean.com because I don't have enough money to buy my own domain. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully that changes, but we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, Hey, man, uh, we're at Podbean, too. Ain't, ain't no yeah. shame in it. Ain't no shame in it. 
Um, and follow both of them on Twitter at Cardboard Icons and at Bad News Ramen. And uh, me and Chris also at Mike Oz at Chris underscore Swick. And let us know who else you would nominate for the Video Game Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, we will take them under consideration. And if you're going to bring a bases loaded person, I guess the headline from today is you better come and you better have your facts. Yeah, and, and you better not paste them on the wall like that. See, oh, nice. oh. Nice. Oh, hey, yeah, it's pretty weak, but hey, I, 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 I can still get by it. Hey, thank you guys for being here. We, we enjoyed this, and we'll hopefully have you guys on again real soon. All right, there you have it, the best video game baseball players of all time, the players we would uh, send to the Hall of Fame. Mike, you had some good opinions. I, I give you credit for, uh, for bringing up the topic. That was fun. Paste forever, guys. <laughs> Paste forever. Um, and I'm glad I got to take it into, uh, into more recent games. I wanted to take you off, off the rails a little bit. Hey, man, do what you got to do. I, I'm, all, I'm all for a curveball. Uh, I, think, I think that's okay. I need to play some more video games though. That that that's what I'm left with after this whole discussion and the and the the prep for it. I'm like, man, I need to play. And even if it's you know, the newer games, I just feel like I felt the need to play a baseball video game. So I may have to do that this weekend. Yeah, I started getting a little antsy too, just thinking about the nostalgia and all that. I wanted to fire up some of my old systems and get it going. That's a decent segue to how I want to end this week. Um, you know, we talk about all kinds of things here on the podcast. Obviously, we talked about video games. Last week, we talked about sneakers. So I think that, that both of us have a little bit of interest beyond just, you know, talking about baseball and, and baseball players and stats and stuff. I think we, we have a little bit of a pop culture sensibility to us. So I was thinking, Chris, let's talk about some things that we are just in love with right now. What are we digging? What are we into? What are we paying attention to? Or what's entertaining us when we are not watching or thinking or tweeting about baseball? And, and I will start it off by saying I think that Silicon Valley is killing it on HBO. That is, like, my favorite show right now. Uh, it's it's one of those shows that, you know, those HBO half-hour shows, man, they're only, like, 20 minutes, really. And they hook you in, and they, they get you going. And before you know it, it's over, and you're like, oh, man, that was so good. I loved every minute of it. And I can't wait till next week when it's on again. And you find yourself, you know, just thinking about it when, when – things come up in life you're like oh that reminds me of whatever and it, it is definitely established that so shout out to silicon valley on hbo which is absolutely killing it i also enjoy silicon valley but i am going to take another hbo half hour show that's veep uh, my wife and i have been kind of binge, binge watching it we're on the third season right now and i find that lately i've enjoyed it a little more than silicon valley uh, both shows that we watch but i'm hoping to catch up on veep before the end of this season and uh, I, I've just really enjoyed that. Everybody's so mean, so that's probably why I like it so much. My wife watches <laughs> it. I've never watched it. So oh, I, I, I've watched it in the background. I mean, I've seen a little bit here and there, but I've never like sat down and, and totally watched it. But she likes it, too. Um, also, on, on the music side, I, I listen to a lot of music. Not only do I, I do like you know uh, a radio show, but it's just part of my day. I, you know, I, I'm writing. I listen to music. So my favorite album right now is the Aesop Rocky um, his his new album, which just sounds like it was it came out of like the 1960s, like a, it was like in a time capsule, like a hip hop time capsule, and uh, it's just it's kind of psychedelic. -y. It's like psychedelic rap almost. It's called At Long Last ASAP, and um, 
it's just some really good stuff. So that's that's my that's my album of the moment. All right. So earlier we were talking about old nostalgic video games. Uh, just coincidentally, I started playing one uh, before we recorded the baseball segment, the baseball video game segment. Uh, started playing Super Mario RPG again. Uh, I've never beat it. I've played it in the past. I'm going to try and beat it. Uh, that's that's kind of just I don't know something. That, that is some nerd stuff. Right something there, I've Chris. been into, man. That is some nerd life right there. Hey, it's supposed to be a great game. I'm <laughs> I'm going to beat it. I'm going to accomplish something in my life. It's going to be beating this old video game. Sheesh. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the Stew Pod. We're going to be back next week. We're in the process of lining up our next guest. And if it goes the way I'm hoping, I think you guys are going to like it. So thanks for being here. Subscribe on iTunes if you have not yet. We are on iTunes. Uh, If you want to leave a review or whatever, that's great. But subscribe, tell your friends, and and all those wonderful things. Yeah, I'm not above shameless promotion. Give us us some good reviews, etc. Or I guess, I don't know, let us know how much you hate us. Either way. Do something. Paste for life. (laughs) This has been the Stew Pod. Peace.